Our brand is not what I tell people it is. Our brand is the reviews people give us online. It's what people say about us online. It's what people are tweeting, you know, oh, WP Buffs, like help me out with this issue. Like that's a big part of your brand as well. Uh, mm -hmm. So because a lot of that's user feedback and learning what the industry or, you know, people in WordPress want and need and their pain points, that's to me how I'm trying to, to build our brand. It's like the company that truly is the, you know, ibuprofen or the Aleve of the WordPress space. G'day folks, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Our feature guest this week is Joe Howard from WP Buffs. They're a WordPress maintenance company uh, with headquarters on the east coast of the US, but a remote team all over the world. We talk about how Joe has broken into a crowded marketplace uh, using some lean methodologies, how he built a minimum viable product and got rapid feedback from customers, how the having a brand from day one is important, um, how he's used inbound to grow his company, uh, and also what having a remote team and, and building that remote team and having everyone play in the same culture and staying on brand, what that means and what that looks like. There's tons of gold in this interview. It is a little bit longer than our usual interviews, so I hope you get a lot out of it. Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby. It's something that we started over three years ago. Of course, now we're a team of, of, of coaches and mentors and we have hundreds and by the time you're listening to this, probably thousands of members all over the world. But it still really is something that I'm very passionate about. And, and of course, if you join WP Elevation, we make revenue and we make profit. So it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it. And partially I am because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, all one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and I'm very excited to have with me all the way from New York City right now, Joe Howard from WP Buffs. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Howdy, Troy. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for having us on the show. And I was just, uh, we were just speaking off camera about your very, very cool hotel room that you're in at the moment that has sleep well, dream big etched on the ceiling. So that must be very inspirational every <laughs> night you go to sleep. It is, man. This I, I've I've only been here for a night. I'm here all week. Uh, coming from from DC, that's where WPOFs HQ is. But but yeah, I have all sorts of now design ideas in my head about what to put on the what kind of stuff I want to put on the website. What I want to do based on design of this hotel. It's kind of cool. So yeah, it's awesome. And um and you've got a stand up desk and some exercise gear in the hotel room. That's unbelievable. Yeah, man. I'm I'm ready to go. And you know, my, the the mental physical connection is all is all good when I'm staying here. <laughs> that's fantastic. Good stuff. Um, now for those that don't know. No, um, just uh, give us the elevator pitch. Who is Joe Howard and what is WP Buffs? Man, big question. I'll give you a, a somewhat basic <laughs> answer. Um, so, yep, Joe Howard, head buff at WP Buffs. We are the CTO for entrepreneurs and small businesses who run WordPress websites. So, 
ongoing technical partner uh, as far as helping out with security, performance, hosting, uh, ongoing small edits, anything of that sort. Um, I've been doing WordPress things for seven or so years now and running WP Buffs for two of those seven years. So, yeah, that's, cool. uh, that's what we do. And, uh, and yeah. How did you make the transition? So, so prior to WP Buffs, you were in client services building websites for clients on WordPress. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Troy. How did you make the transition? Why did you make the transition away from that into a, into a WordPress maintenance company? So the why is I, so my strength in the WordPress area is not as technical as it is marketing. So my strength and where I add value to the business is on the marketing side of things, on the sales side of things. Uh, I'm big into inbound. So having leads find you as opposed to going out and finding leads. Hmm. And when I was building websites for people, uh, I was semi-successful at it and usually had some work going on. I was building a website for clients. But when I wasn't building websites, you don't really get paid during that sales process, right? If you're not building a website and actively being paid by someone, you're you know, looking for the next paycheck. And in, in doing that, it makes it you know, difficult to try and find a recurring revenue model. Yeah. And so that's where my brain switched from I could be building new websites and I continue trying to do this and scale this, but it may make sense to just find a business model that's a little bit more scalable. And yeah. so I thought maybe instead of building websites for people, of course people need websites built, but they also need ongoing support. They need a website that's maintained, that's kept happy, it's kept healthy, it's kept fast, it's kept secure. Why not try and play in that space? Yeah. Uh, and I'm so, I was always interested in, in the kind of SaaS business model, right? Mm -hmm. uh, monthly subscription for a service. Mm -hmm. And so I thought maybe I could meld those two things together. And mm. so WP Buffs just kind of seemed like a logical way to go. And so WP Buffs is kind of like part of this new breed of, of, of product that is almost like service as a service, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like productized service, service Yeah, yeah, yeah. Service. I, and I love it, man. It's like my favorite business model. I just absolutely love it because it forces you as a service provider. The reason I love it is because it forces you as a service provider to eliminate all the waste from delivering services to clients so that you can offer it at a price point that is competitive but still be profitable. So ultimately, the client ends up with a better leaner experience and your business runs leaner and there's not all this kind of waste that goes on with providing bespoke services to clients. So Absolutely. I'm curious, it was a fairly crowded marketplace when you entered, right? I mean, there were, there were some, you know, WP curve, there's maintain, there's a whole laundry list of WordPress maintenance. Yep. I could name companies. about 10 more. You're, yeah, yeah. You're so, yeah. so how did you decide to put your foot into that market? And what was the first thing you did when you put, when you, when you got, I'll just let you put your headphones back in. Uh, what was the, how, did, how did you decide to put your foot into that, into that swimming pool, so to speak? And, and what was the first thing you did to validate whether or not it was going to be a viable move? So I actually, when I came into this space, I liked that it was a little bit of a crowded space. I think that the biggest, the biggest challenge for me is always... I was always a good, good at executing. I was always pretty good at building things. I could, you know, I could go from zero to one, you know, fairly easily. I think that's 
somewhat of a strength of mine. But to me, the hardest part for me has always been validating an idea and validating if there's even a, a market for something. You know, mm. I wanted to test out this business model. How do I know if it's even going to be a, be sustainable? You know, yeah. what's my kind of minimum viable product I can put out there? And mm-hmm. uh, after just kind of a quick Google search, I one found other people out there who were providing this kind of productized service. And two, because and I probably should have explained this a little more when I say I'm I do inbound marketing. It's it's the SEO, it's conversion optimization, a lot of email marketing. Yeah. Um, I, after doing kind of a keyword analysis, seeing what people were searching online, found a lot of people searching for WordPress maintenance, a lot of people searching for uh, WordPress support services, for ongoing WordPress help. Mm. Uh, Those kind of searches um, suggest that there is pretty good demand out there for something like this. And kind of that combined with people already being in the space that I think I can compete in means uh, you know, I, I had something I wanted to try out. So, so the, so that the fact that there were already a bunch of players in this space to you doesn't frighten you off. It actually proves that there's a viable market there. Yes. In a sense. So if there had been uh, a bunch of big players that I, and I didn't feel like I could really compete with them within the next maybe one to two years, mm. I may have been a little more uh, tentative to jump in. Um, mm. But you kind of already touched on this, but, but because this service is something you have to offer at a pretty good price point, it's imperative to stay lean in terms of your operations, in terms mm. of all the work you're doing for clients. Um, there's not any room for waste. Um, and so building it as lean as possible, you know, it's been a, a bootstrap company since day one. Um, yeah. And so being able to keep it lean uh, has been, you know, a pretty good move in terms of helping it grow and being able to now, I, you know, I think we're, we're competing with the other companies that, that, uh, work in this space pretty well. Um, and I'm pretty close with the other, you know, guys, you know, Ryan and Brad who are also in this space, um, mm. who are also doing a great job. Um, and you know, my goal is, is to be able to compete with them. Um, so, you know, we're definitely getting there. Yeah. Awesome. Competition is, is healthy and good for everyone. It forces it is, everyone to stay is. on their toes. It um, is. So in preparation for this interview, uh, you reached out to me and you said, Hey man, what are we, what are we going to talk about? And you know, I kind of have a standard sort of like, who are you? Why are you doing what what you're doing? What is it you're doing and how are you doing it? So for anyone listening, by the way, if you're starting a podcast and you have no idea how to interview people, they're the kind of like the four big questions I ask, who are you? Why are you doing what you're doing? What is it you actually do? And how do you do it? Um, and then I reached out back to you and I said, well, you know what, what do you want to talk about, man? Like you tell me what gets you fired up. And you and you came back to me and you're like, oh man, you're opening Pandora's box here. Like I can talk about, you know, <laughs> so much careful. stuff. But you linked to, you linked to me and you said your friend Tom over at Kinster, which I had heard a little bit about. This name Kinster's been on my radar a little bit. I didn't realize they were a WordPress hosting company. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, Tom published this article just uh, a few days ago, actually. Uh, Sixteen lessons learned um, bootstrapping Kinster from zero to seven figures in revenue. And you said, hey, let's talk a little bit about what they mentioned in this article, which is kind of like a blueprint for anyone starting anything and doing it bootstrapped and doing it lean. And it, there's so much valuable stuff in this um, article. I just want to touch on a few points. I'll link to it in the show notes, but I want to touch on a few points. The first thing, and it's funny that this is the first thing because I remember back when I first started out, I didn't understand what a brand was. Right? I had no idea what a brand, what brand meant. And I thought it was all woo-woo and I would have meetings with designers and they'd be like talking about brand and I'd be like, oh, you guys are just throwing out these fancy terms because you want to get paid lots of money. 
now, the more mature I become as a business owner, the more I realize that the only way to differentiate yourself from your competitors is to actually have a brand, whatever that means. And it's not a logo. Your brand is a lot more than that. But this is obviously something that's very important to you. And I think you guys do this really well at WP Buffs is that you have a, a very strong brand. And when I land on WP Buffs, I'm not just at another WordPress maintenance website. I'm, I feel like there's a bit of fun going on and there's a bit of character and a bit of personality. How did you know and how important do you think it is to, to have a brand from day one and how did you know to do that? I think that having built websites before and not having a brand and just, you know, kind of being a freelancer of you need X, Y, and Z, sure, you know, let's accept the job and then I'll, I'll figure it out afterwards. You know, it was a lesson in, you know, if I don't put myself in a certain niche or a certain area and kind of present myself in a uniform way, you know, wherever people are finding us, then people don't really know who we are. And that's a real issue because the only way people sell and the only way people, you know, make and create a business is to build trust with their audience. And if you can't do that, then you're gonna have a really hard time moving forward. So I think that WP Buffs is starting to really find its brand. Uh, you know, I, I put a lot of focus in it at the onset and it's one of those things where there's never, it's not A to Z. You're never going to like reach Z and be like, Oh, we're finished. That's yeah, yeah, our that's brand. Right. Like we're branded officially now. Right? <laughs> right. But, uh, but it's always, it's a work in progress. And because when we were starting out, I put some focus on like where I wanted to position ourselves in terms of differentiators from the other maintenance companies that are working. But your brand is kind of, your brand isn't really like our brand is not what I tell people it is. Our brand is the reviews people give us online. It's what people say about us online. It's what people are tweeting, you know, Oh, WP buffs, like help me out with this issue. Like that's a big part of your brand as well. Uh, mm. So because a lot of that's user feedback and learning what the industry or, you know, people in WordPress want and need and their pain points, that's, to me, how I'm trying to, to build our brand. It's like the company that truly is the, you know, ibuprofen or the Aleve of the WordPress space. You know, everyone nice. wants an awesome website, but, you know, everyone wants to reach the top of the mountain, but, uh, you it's know, that hard slog yeah, up yeah. the mountain is the hard part. And yeah. if we can make that journey even a little bit easier for people, then, yeah. you know, that's, what I would love our brand to be. And yeah. we're still working, but I think we're, we're on our way for sure. So when you're first starting out and you're trying to hack together, um, you know, uh, fr friends of mine who are based in New York actually run a uh, video analytics startup called Limbic. And uh, their favorite saying is they're trying to hack their way to relevance, right? <laughs> so when yeah. you're trying to come up with a minimum viable product and you're trying to hack your way into the market and get some kind of traction, how do you justify spending time on the brand and like, because because there must be a certain voice in your head that goes, dude, don't worry about the brand, just get some paying customers. But you also know that the brand is really important. How do you balance that, you know, doing work on something that is kind of intangible, but you know will pay off in the long term versus just getting some paying customers in the door? That is definitely a challenge. I think that's a challenge for everybody. I don't care if you have a day of experience or 10 years of experience, you're going to, there's going to be some, uh, friction there. Uh, I think that 
the most important part to remember when you're running a startup or when you're starting a business is that you don't know that much when you start. You really, it's, it's part of it's about being humble in the fact that like, totally. you really don't know that much about what you're doing. Um, and the people who are the most successful are the people who learn from their customers, who learn about their pain points, who move forward, not in the direction, you know, oh, I think this is what people want and kind of make assumptions, but put out, you know, an MVP, a minimum bioproduct, have people test it, use it, and then improve based on suggestion. Um, I think that you want to position yourself in a way, you know, as a brand that makes sense, but the last thing you want to do is become so inflexible that you don't change things as you're going. So I think that in the fact of like, you know, admitting to yourself that you can change things along the way and Mm. adjust as you go means you're going to throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall, right? And kind of see what sticks. Uh, And that's one of the hardest, that's one of the biggest advantages you can have is kind of have uh, knowing what sticks. And then once you know that you can kind of double down on what works. Right. But until you know that yeah, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're haven't made it anywhere yet. So yeah. that's definitely your first step. And, so. and, and, and this is, I'm really glad you mentioned that point because this is a really common fear I see a lot is people aren't prepared to make a decision because they're afraid if they make the wrong decision that it's set mm. in stone and they can't change their mind. Yes. Yes. And you can change your mind, right? It's perfectly okay to change your mind all the time. Especially Troy, when you're starting out, you know, when, you know, we're talking, you talked a little bit about this article, you know, from Tom at Kinsta, you know, Kinsta, the whole, the point of this article was, you know, how they made it to seven figures in in ARR and annual Mm. revenue uh, Mm. and how kind of now their goal is $10 million or or to get to Mm. to eight figures annually. And so if Kinsta makes a big change, they have a pretty huge user base that they have to explain everything to, and it mm. becomes much more of a complex process. So, mm. you know, if you're a bigger team making millions of dollars a year, you know, these changes have more uh, rippled effects. But if you're starting out um, and, you know, you have 50 customers, 10 customers, however many you have, that's, that's you know, not that large of an amount, you can make changes and you would, you will be surprised maybe not you, Troy, because you understand this, but the average person, when you make changes, maybe you raise prices or you, you know, you make some changes to your business. Nobody really cares. No, not that many people are going to come back. You say, Oh my God, I can't believe you did this. And maybe you'll have one or two, but, but overall it's much more of an advantage to your small business to make the changes when they need to happen to move your business forward and to trade off maybe one or two customers who may not be that happy, but even when you email them back, they'll be like, Oh, okay. Thanks for explaining. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, I know, you know, in the early days of the video user manuals plugin, we would make some changes and we would be kind Mm. of panicking that everyone was going to, you know, throw a tantrum. And the reality is it's hard to get people to open your emails and read them, let alone pay attention to what you're doing. So it's like, nobody really cares. (laughs) I mean, you're, you're totally right. And, uh, and Um, moving, moving businesses forward is about, being bold and making those decisions. Um, and I'm always pro action. Like I tell my team, if something needs to be done, handle it. And if we make a mistake, that's fine. You know, if we make a lot of small mistakes, especially it's fine. Obviously I'd rather us not make larger mistakes, but the small kind of, I guess, fault line mistakes, right. I kind of Uh think of it like, like tennis, you know, if you, uh, fault on a serve, you get another chance. Right. So that's not a big deal. Um, and so we can, 
we can practice those all day. And as long as it makes us better, then we're moving forward. And that's what matters. Nice segue into team. One of the things they talk about in the Kinsta um, article is about, uh, you know, having the advantage, one of the advantages of having a remote team is that you have a larger talent pool because you're not restricted in just hiring people on the East coast. For example, you can hire people all over the world. Um, how, one of the challenges that we've had or that I've had with having as our team grows is, and looping it back to the, the brand, how do you find and, and get team players to, to play with the same brand vision and how do you maintain consistency across the brand when you've got people all over the world working on different tasks on a daily basis? An excellent question. I think something I'm still working on and as I'm sure you are, as mm. everyone is, the, having a remote team is much different than having everyone in a single office, right? To mm. get everyone together in a meeting, hey, everyone, come here. When you're working remotely, now we're talking about how we're going to use technology to bring us together. Are we doing video calls? Are we just in the same text room? Uh, you know, are we leaving notes for each other on tickets? How are we communicating? Uh, and going off what you said, how do you how do you put the right people on the bus and then put those people in the right seats on the bus? When it comes to a remote team, it does get more complicated. Uh, I think that when we started, I, I was hiring pretty quickly because I needed to bring people on to make sure that work got done. Uh, and as we've evolved as a company, I've switched things more into being proactive about hiring as opposed to, you know, reactive. Um, Matt from GiveWP, Matt Cromwell, mm -hmm. gave an awesome WordCamp US talk about how he hires for support especially and about how he knows based on, you know, the algorithms he's put together and the Excel sheets he's put together, like the exact day he needs to hire someone new. You know, when they get 50 new customers, they need to hire someone new. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to put those uh, systems similar to that into place so that I'm able to hire more slowly so that I can hire people who are, who have a technical ability to do the work that we do. But even more importantly than that is people who fit well, not only into a remote team, but our remote team, you yeah. know, we're a pretty cohesive unit now at this point and even one bad apple can really affect that. So totally, I think it's a fun, it's a funny balancing act. Um, but do you have do you have like a branding document or like some kind of onboarding sequence that you put new hires through to kind of induct them into the culture of WP Buffs? What does that look like? Yeah, we we do, and it's been it's one of those things that has been built, you know, from our first employee, you know, to our most recent tenth employee. Every time a hire is made, some things go different, and so we've added to this onboarding document. At, at this point, it's two hundred plus item checklist that goes from the you know first day of work to you know the last day of the first month and it wow kind of, it buddies people up uh making sure that everyone has someone in the company that they're able to you know interface with every day um and that's actually a task you know so because when you're working remotely it can be difficult when you don't have someone you know sitting right next to you uh yeah. it can be a little lonely even as a you know yeah, founder totally. of the company Absolutely. i feel like this um so it's that it, it, we have you know uh, culture, uh, documents that people have to make sure. It, honestly, it's like people are kind of writing a blog post They're, they, you know, they read a whole, you know, about our company culture and then they write about it. And, and so we're able to really start a dialogue about not only what is our company, but what do we want our company to be? And that gives people 
uh, ownership over, you know, their work at the company because it's not just me saying like, Hey, like this needs to be done. Go do it. It's, you know, they read our culture doc. This is what our, you know, we're honest with each other and, you know, we, nothing is ever delivered uh, past due date. You know, that's just part of our culture. And so people understand that once they've been through that onboarding. Um, and we're always trying to, one of the companies I look up to is, is uh, human made, Mm-hmm. And uh, they recently uh, released a like their whole onboarding is an official open source document. So uh, of course, since it was open source, like I dive right in there and I'm trying to take what works for us and try and implement it where uh, where uh, it makes sense for us. But uh, it's a process, you know. We're not perfect. I don't think human made is perfect, uh, you know. But we're all trying just to get, you know, if we can get one percent better every day at this stuff, you know, imagine where we could go. So yeah. that's the goal. I'm going to, um, I'm going to look that up. I think it is, um, trial buddies and onboarding handbook human made. Is that the one? Yep. It's their handbook. So it gotcha. goes through everything from like the first day of work through the first week, through the first, uh, month. Um, it's really, really robust. Uh, wow. and I mean, human made, it's a, they're a big company. You know, they do things like when they onboard people, they buy them a MacBook pro, yep. you know, they buy them, you know, five hundred dollar yep. headphones. These are not things that WP Buffs can do yet. Yep. But I mean, who wouldn't? You know, when I see that, I'm like, man, that company sounds awesome. You know, it's yeah. it's a, it really it's a it's a place where you know if I ever wanted to be employed, that sounds like a great opportunity. That's um, awesome. That's so but, good. Uh, and I would like I would like WP Buffs to to present themselves in a way where people read a job description or they see what the work they've done and they say, wow, like bye want to work for them you know maybe yeah. next time i'm looking for a new job that they would be somewhere i'd like to go so i love it i'm totally stealing this um yes. <laughs> thanks to, thanks to the correct thanks to the guys a human made i'm going to link to that in the show notes the other thing i'm going to link to in the show notes is i heard this on um a documentary oh no documentary on a podcast recently uh which is the culture document at netflix um so this is a slide share, a slide deck actually that kind of went viral uh, a few years ago and they've open sourced it as well. Um, I'm going to link to that, uh, that culture document over at Netflix. Um, how do you, I want to talk about, I want to talk about inbound a little bit because inbound is great yeah, for, sure. for those that don't know. Inbound is content marketing, SEO, doing some email outreach, bringing people back to your website rather than uh, chasing uh, customers, having customers come to you. But I'll tell you the other thing that inbound is really good for. Inbound is really good for recruiting and hiring team members, right? Mm -hmm. So how have you found, have you actively used inbound for recruiting or have you just found that that's been a byproduct of your inbound efforts? I think at this point, more of a byproduct. We've had people reach out to us via finding us. uh, Mm -hmm. And actually literally just an hour before recording this, I was talking to someone who found us on inbound was asking about the job description, um, was interested in applying. Um, So it has brought us some, some talent, people who are interested in working for us. I think that most of the people we've hired up until this point have been one of two ways. Either they knew someone at WP Buffs, so we're kind of using our own network to bring people in, um, or just the networks of people who work with WP Buffs to bring people in. And we've also used the uh, shout out to Post Status. They have a WordPress job board that it's... It's, you know, it's not like as big as a zip recruiter, but it does 
it, it, the magic of it is that it's WordPress specific. Yeah, and it's focused. Yeah, status is so well known in the WordPress space. You know, they told me to you know pay seventy five bucks to put it or eighty bucks to put a job listing up, and I'm like, yeah, no brainer. Um, you get qualified WordPress uh, people coming through there. Um, mm. That's how I hired uh, Nick Adams up in Rochester, New York, who's our uh, you know, head of support, lead happiness buff. And, uh, he's been nothing short of amazing. You know, it's, it was one of those hires where before you hire people, you think like, I'm the best person to do this. Like no one can be better than me at doing this. And then I hire Nick and it's like, Oh, he's like, way. <laughs> okay. Correct. Time to hire yeah, more yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm going to link to that as well. Uh, there we go. In fact, WP buffs currently looking for a full stack WordPress developer that is on the poststatuscom slash jobs yeah. board. So yeah, I'm going to link to that. Uh, uh, any developers out there listening, there we, uh, we are hiring. For there you go. Um, <clears throat> so I want to talk a little bit about inbound. I know you're very passionate yeah. about inbound. For those who are starting out and might be new to this, like what, is the, what does the next two weeks look like if I'm just getting started and I want to generate some customers or clients using inbound? What should I do over the next two weeks? I know I'm totally putting you on the spot here, but I think you're up <laughs> for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this like a... Uh, DIY sort of situation. Yeah, well, like if you if you if you and I decided to start a new business and we were like, all right, let's do this, and and you yeah. said, and I said, to you, all right, Joe, you got to teach me inbound, and I'm going to like focus on the next two weeks. I'm just going to do some inbound to try and bring us in our first customers. What what would you tell me to do over the next two weeks? Because let's say you're too busy doing WP buffs, and I said, no worries, I got this. I'm going to do this over the next two weeks. Coach me through it. Yeah, for sure. Well, the first thing you always have to do, you know, I talked about this a little before, it's kind of idea validation. You know, the first thing you want to know is, are people searching for this? Is this something that's, you know, has enough search volume online to create a viable business model, no mm -hmm. matter whether you're selling, you know, a SaaS product or services, um, or you're maybe doing affiliate marketing, you know, linking out to Amazon uh, to, to do some affiliate marketing are there enough searches out there in your area to be able to sustain something like that? Um, so I usually start with something of a keyword analysis. That's kind of the formal structure of it. At mm -hmm. this point, I yep. kind of do it a little more informally and I just kind of like, because I know it so well at this point, I know what good volume looks like, you know, I guess a high volume to low competition mm -hmm. score looks like and, and what um, kind of traffic I need to push something forward. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. It's really just to, um, to assess if you even have, you know, if there's viability in, in yep. search. Do you have a favorite tool that you used for doing that or is it a combination of, of apps? Uh, it's a combination. One that I really like is Uber suggest. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that's Uber suggest.io. Mm -hmm. It just gives you uh, a really comprehensive list of keyword ideas uh, especially long tail. So long tail as, you know, as opposed to trying to rank for Nike shoes, which you're never going to rank for because obviously Nike is going to rank there trying to rank for high top black and yellow Nike shoes, uh, you know, in Washington, DC that may get less searches, but yeah. Nike is so big. They're not really paying attention. To that super long tail keyword. You want to rank for that. And, uh, and you can, and the best part about those long tails is that, the searcher intent is much better, right? People yep. are searching yeah, for yeah, longer yeah. tail Definitely. keywords. They want to be involved. They want to maybe buy something more likely to buy something than someone who's just looking up Nike shoes. You know, what do they want? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that Uber suggests is pretty good. Mm -hmm. 
honestly, the, the, the best way to assess traffic and find keywords is through Google itself. Yeah. Um, they have autocomplete. So as soon as you're typing something in, they have a little list that comes down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you a ton of keywords, but four or five to start off with. Um, and then through those searches, you scroll to the bottom of those search pages. They have mm-hmm. other suggested terms that they bring up. Um, I love using tools, but just anyone who's thinking about doing SEO, just remember every SEO has their favorite tools. Everyone's going to say a different one's better. Everyone's has a different way of doing things. But the one thing that will never change is if you get your information directly from Google, that's probably an indication that you're going in the right direction. Um, The the last tool I'll kind of throw out there is SEM rush. Uh Um, That's really good for competitor analysis. The people, I I think I talk a lot about competitor, you know, analyzing your competitors when it comes to inbound marketing SEO and people are kind of scared, like it sounds really big and intimidating uh, and only like a professional can do it. But, you know, if you download SEM Rush, I I wrote a post on Search Engine Journal about literally how a beginner can go in and in 10 minutes have, you know, 5,000 keywords that they can look through and blog about and start off inbound. Um, But, uh, the SEM rush, a little just hint for if anybody's listening and wants to get started, they do have a 14 day free trial. I think mm-hmm. it's 14 days, maybe it's 30 or 15. I, I can't remember exactly how long, but if you start a free trial, you can kind of go in and download as much data as you want, um, which you can only download. You know, you can usually only do that when you have a paid account, but when you have a free trial, you can do it too. So if you don't want to continue, that's fine. Just go in, start a free trial, get a bunch of data. You know, you can stop your free trial and then you'll have some nice keywords to play with. So Awesome. Awesome. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna link to that um, uh, article over at SE uh, at Search Engine Journal. Yeah, if you just like search uh, SEJ Joe Howard, then my profile will come up and it's in there somewhere. Cool. Perfect. Um, all right. So we've got our keywords. What do we do next? Next, really separating your keywords into viable topics. Um, the if you want to effectively target certain keywords with certain blog posts or pages. Uh, I guess that's the first step is deciding what's best for uh, a blog post and what's best for an interior page or maybe a services page. Mm -hmm. So like WP buffs, for instance, we try to rank for, uh, you know, WordPress maintenance services. Mm -hmm. That's something we would probably want a services page to rank for because Mm -hmm. when someone's looking for that, they're probably looking for some help and maybe looking to buy some help, but definitely looking to at least do some research. So they want to land on an interior page that details everything we do. Um, But if someone's looking for how to, uh, you know, implement a free SSL certificate on my website, that's something that is better for uh, a blog post. You know, that's something I want to go really into depth about, you know, here are all your free SSL options. Here are, um, you know, the hosting providers that provide free SSL certificates. And here are the hosting providers that you can have a free migration to if you're interested. You know, going into depth there is much easier in a blog post and services pages. uh, You know, you want to go into depth too, but the blog post is really for, you know, this specific niche topic. Let's like fully dig it out and let's provide value to you. Yeah. and, and, there, and, and those kind of blog posts that we're all familiar with, because this, this is one of the challenges that I have, right? It's, it's a, I think it's a mindset thing, but those epic blog posts that we're all familiar with, how do you, first of all, how do you allocate the time to produce them? And 
How do you then back that up by saying, you know, going back to what I was talking about before, going, putting this effort into inbound is not a waste of time. It will pay off because it's a lonely experience writing those blog posts. And, you, you know, what, what's, the, what's the mindset that you go through to say, okay, this is actually business growth that I'm working on. This is business development that I'm working on, even though it just feels like I'm goofing off on the internet and writing a blog post. Yeah, I think that's the first, you know, and I've been doing this for, you know, 18 months or so. We get about 35,000 unique visitors on the website a month. Um, so something that's starting to grow, but it's, it's far from, you know, the millions of visitors I want to be getting every month. Yeah. Um, I think when you start off understanding that it's a medium to long-term investment and creating a plan for yourself to make sure that you have the discipline to follow through on it is, is going to be key. Um, you start to realize the investment as soon as, as soon as, you know, maybe you're three months in, you've written 12 blog posts, you start to see people entering information in your contact form and you say, Oh, people, I guess not only are they finding me, but they're contacting me and your traffic is starting to go up and, Oh, like I'm starting to get some traffic. Maybe I should add live chat to my website. So you do that and then start, people start chatting with you and it kind of builds slowly, but surely. Um, but the, the key is dedicating, you know, a specific amount of time to it. Um, you know, when I think when I was really first doing it, I said, I thought the same thing, you know, is this really going to pay off? Are people really yeah. going to find me? Like, can I really compete with everyone else who's already doing SEO? Like, how am I ever going to catch up? And you should not be, you should not think about how you're going to be perfect at this because again, no one is. Uh, and like even me, like far from yeah. even me, like, think, no, like I'm definitely not perfect at this and still improving. Um, but making sure that you have the time dedicated, you know, I'm going to spend an hour a week doing you know, writing a blog post and I'm going to turn my phone on airplane mode and I'm going to put some music in that has no words and I'm going to, that's my hour. Uh, and you know, you do that once a week after a month, you've got four blog posts. Uh, and you can, you can always go up from there, right? You could do one a day if you wanted to, you know, Chris Lemma writes every day, uh, that, but that's something, you know, you work up to if, if you even want to go that far. Um, I'll I'll be the first to admit that I used to write a lot of content for the blog and I still write about a post every uh, month, mm-hmm. um, whether it's about, you know, working, I won't wrote something recently, you know, how to work remotely when your significant other doesn't, mm-hmm. um, which some people in the space or press space found pretty interesting. But I also have a lot of guest writers uh, who write on the blog who are, who are paid content writers. Yep. Um, and uh, I have good relationships with all of them. You know, they write great content for us uh, and are also a little bit part of the strategy in terms of inbound and stuff too. So. so so, part of extending that inbound strategy now, one of the things that we've struggled with is, um, and I'm totally just picking your brain here, man. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> unloading your brain and getting a whole bunch. I'm getting like, I feel like I'm getting a free coaching session here from you, yeah, Joseph. <laughs> so once we've posted our, our epic blog post up, how do we then do, how do we then strategically, like if we've got limited time and limited budget, sure, we can throw some ads at it and drive some traffic to it. But how do we do the outreach to get people to start sharing it? What's like the ninja way of doing that in like a, a time efficient manner? So I'm going to give you my super secret ninja strategy to get your blog post some exposure. Life hack, super hack. The only problem is the hack takes a year or two. So it's <laughs> 
long as you have a little bit of time, uh, you know, I, 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 there are, you can read tons of articles online, how to hack SEO, how to do all this stuff. The most successful way that I have done inbound, not only to like win links back to articles and my website mm -hmm. to, uh, to get more visibility out there, uh, for my posts and my content, the number one thing that I've done is just keep a list of WordPress friends as a BCC list that I email out. Mm. It started off as one person. I wrote a story about a, you know, uh, someone who works remotely uh, and does affiliate marketing. I added him to my BCC list, said, can I keep you updated on stuff I'm doing? You know, would love to keep you involved. Um, he said, sure. You know, since then, it's now grown to 200 people on my email list. Uh, mm. So every time I write an article, you know, that's, dear to my heart, mm. I push it out to people and say, hey, would love you to read this. Uh, and I would love some feedback because I kind of wanted to start a conversation about it. Mm. Um, if you have a second, feel free to share it on Twitter. Um, you can retweet it. We've tweeted it with our accounts. You know, feel free to do that. Um, mm. And that's the most traction I get on my blog posts in terms mm. of social every month. Uh, it always helps win a few links back. Uh, and that's always good for SEO. Uh, the, the other kind of long-term play is <clears throat> as your domain authority grows, as you start to become more visible in your space, you're going to get all sorts of emails from people asking, yeah. Hey, could you include us in this listicle? Like, Oh, could you like put a link to us here? And it's going to be like, I get, I get probably 10 to 20 emails a day of spam. I'm just like closed. Like I, I just, there's not yeah. enough time in the day unless yeah, yeah. it's a website that I'm really interested in partnering with. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, as, as your authority and visibility grows, you'll start to gain some momentum and, and you'll feel it slowly but surely kind of coming on, but you'll, you'll see people reaching out to you. Um, and so I think the two things are, you know, be patient. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, the Jeff Bezos sort of mentality, step-by-step step, furiously, right? Every day, just <laughs> take right. a furious step forward. And, and two right. is to be part of the community, be part of, you know, build a network not in the sense of like networking with people to like you win, I win, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just like be friendly, be present, yep. see how you can add value to other people's lives and especially other people's businesses. Um, you know, you know, WP Elevation, uh, also shout out to WP Elevation. I'm a new course member this year. It's been an amazing experience. I mean, the Facebook group, mm. like I thought that the, the Facebook group that was that engaging and that active was like, a dream. Like I didn't think that those Facebook groups existed. And then I jumped mm. in, I was like, Oh, it's, it's real. Yeah. Um, and so providing value to, you know, someone like you and being in the community of WP Elevation, you know, I'm happy to be on the podcast. And I think that providing value, you know, in both ways is really helpful for everybody. Everybody, yeah. uh, everybody has a space. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are my two. Yeah, 100%. Sure. I agree with everything you're saying. Cool. So uh, let's pretend over the next two weeks, I've done everything you've said here and I've managed to nail it in two weeks, <laughs> which would be a miracle. And then yeah. I come back to you and I say, all right, Joe, how do I measure and make sure that what I'm doing is actually working? Like, what yeah. is it I should be measuring? Like, what are, like what's like the, the number one or two number that I should be looking at to see if this is actually moving the needle? So <sighs> SEO is funny because a lot of people think of a successful SEO campaign as driving traffic, mm. but I like to think of it. I don't like to use the terminology SEO that much because it kind of suggests that I like mm. inbound because it's, 
increasing traffic to your website. It's converting more visitors into email subscribers. It's then converting more people from the email list into customers. It's then making those customers really happy. So it's a, an entire process. Um, I think that measuring the traffic you're getting every month is really important. Um, I think that's probably the number, you know, one of the top priorities you should have because if you're doing things successfully, you should at least be seeing, you know, slightly more traffic every month. Um, I would not check like every day or every week because uh, even for us, it depends on the day. It goes up and down. And yeah, that's right. Monday through Friday is way higher. Saturdays and Sundays are way that's lower. Right. Um, it's like checking it's Bitcoin every day, right? It's like up oh and down God. like a yo-yo. 15,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly right. <laughs> um, but yeah, traffic uh, is a big one. I would also say... Um, you know, if you have Google Analytics or any analytics program really hooked into your website, well, if you don't, you definitely should. And Google Analytics is free, so you can feel free to start with that uh, and move to something more advanced if you want to. But what you can do is you can set up goals uh, in Google Analytics. So as soon as someone, uh, you know, maybe someone yeah. finds an article, you know, on WPBuffs.com about how to get a free SSL certificate or implement it on your website, you know, they download an ebook that is relevant to that. And then they get pushed to a, you know, thank you page, check out, you know, go and uh, check your email. You'll have a confirmation email in there soon. You can actually set up goals in Google analytics so you can count every month, how many people are landing on that page. So if you're increasing traffic by 10,000 unique visitors a month, that's great. But if that number of conversions isn't going up, now we have some sort of conversion issue. So yeah. um, I will be the first to say it's impossible to tackle all these things at one time, especially yeah. with a limited budget, especially yeah. with a limited team. But if you just, I mean, honestly, what I do is I just set up repeating tasks in my, you know, in teamwork that yeah. just say, okay, it's Tuesday, like Tuesdays, marketing and conversion day. So yeah. this is the day I'm going to go in, check out all my AB tests, see what's working, yep. kill off what's not, add some new ones, keep testing. And yep. then I leave it for a week uh, yep. and check in in the next week. And that's how I do it. So it's not, I'm not using rocket science or all yeah, these yeah, crazy yeah. It's, it's, stuff. It's, it's just, just doing the basics well, isn't it? And it's funny you mentioned that because earlier this year, my colleague Ray and I had this conversation about splitting up our week into mm-hmm. like chunks of valuable time. And so um, Mondays I do processes and documentation in the morning. I do social in the afternoon Tuesdays, uh, I tackle, I, I do a lot of live streaming and create content. Uh, yep. Wednesday afternoons, I'm writing copy and doing marketing and Friday afternoon and Monday mornings is typically when I ha- have a look at our data and our analytics and work out what's working and yeah. what's not. So I've kind of broken that down into chunks as well. Um, I, I think that's super smart. Yeah. I and you know, it's not rocket science, but it's just, it's just doing the, it's just making sure we're doing the basics. Yeah. But, but doing it consistently. The, the two things you can do to do, you know, be 90% or more efficient than 90% of people is one, to chunk up your time so that you're actually able to do deep work and that you're not yep. being pulled in a hundred different directions. Yep. You spend three hours on processes in the morning. Yep. You know how much you can improve processes in three yep. hours of yeah, deep yeah, work yeah. as opposed to 15 minute uh, yep. increments, you know, every day. Um, yep. I mean, that's huge. And yeah, staying in those, having dedicated time to work on dedicated stuff is hard especially when you're an early stage business and you have to do everything and i mean especially if you're a freelancer i mean probably harder if you're a freelancer than a small business owner um but as soon as you can dedicate certain days to certain uh, certain days and certain hours of the day to certain criteria to certain activities 
even going as far as saying like I'm have this time scheduled for work for working out and exercising and this yeah, it's for, definitely for learning and professional development. Yep. That we're gonna see a huge, I mean massive improvements in terms of your learnings, in terms of moving things forward for your business yeah. as opposed to just you know, spinning your wheels, which can yeah. sometimes feel like you're working hard and doing well, but you're not moving forward. And that's right. Key to success and winning in business and everything is to be moving forward. So yeah, I'm with you for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, awesome. This has been epic. This is feel like this has been like a bit of a masterclass in inbound. A <laughs> um, couple of things before we wrap this up, I do have a couple of yes. listener questions from our community. Um, you've All already right. answered one of them. Your favorite project management tool, I take it is teamwork. You guys do everything in teamwork. It is teamwork, teamwork cool. projects for, uh, for us. It's specifically for onboarding new, uh, care plans as well as, uh, new employees. Um, but we use it for everything project-based, uh, teamwork desk is our help desk. Yep. Uh, anytime with certain care plans, people get ongoing small edits. So people email in our help desk. Um, and it also allows us to, really easily manage our white label service. Um, mm. So we also, in addition to providing care plans for direct clients, we work with marketing agencies, design firms, freelancers, so that they can offer um, care plans and we provide fulfillment. So we take one of their email addresses, hook it into our help desk, super easy. Perfect. Um, yeah, teamwork chat, internal chat. You know, it's it's uh, not too complex sound, just what it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> but perfect. Very effective. Um, uh, one question is what tools do you use to run the remote team and, and keeping communication with the remote team? Yeah, probably. So all of our kind of day-to-day communication is in teamwork chat. Um, we can have different rooms for different uh, activities. You know, it's mm. similar to a Slack, um, yep. Slack to me because I'm in so many groups like mm. WordCamp groups and like post status and, mm. you know, make WordPress if I'm in there, that's too much, it's too much transition, yeah. right? What we we're just talking about. I need, yeah, yeah. the only way I can really work effectively is if I'm yeah. chunking out my time into deep work sessions. Um, yep. So we work in teamwork chat. Um, it's pretty effective for us. Uh, our team's global and 24 seven. So we've got stuff kind of pinging in there uh, all the time. Um, and so sometimes good to deactivate notifications yeah, you know, yeah, in the yeah. middle of the night and all that stuff. But uh, that's a that's a great, great tool. Um, nothing super special for video communication. Um, I mean, at this point, we'll use like a Zoom. Yep. Uh, is a pretty popular option for a lot of people. Um, yep. But, you know, even for sales calls, I'll even use a Skype or a Google Hangout. I'll kind of meet people where they are. Do you have like a team meeting once a week or do you have like, how do you do that with multiple time zones? Another very good question that I'm still trying to find a good answer to. When you um, figure it out, let me know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many advantages to having a global team, right? I mean, work can get done while you're not yeah. actively doing it. Um, you can cover different time zones so that you can be providing more uh, you know, support 24 seven, like we do. But the problem is, how do we have a full team meeting? Um, yeah. We haven't found a really good way to have especially a full team meeting. Um, but we do meet in, I mean, we're kind of split in between technical buffs. So, you know, WordPress developers and happiness buffs, people who are more customer facing, who are kind of digesting what the customer is saying and actually giving it to developers in a way that makes sense. Because half the time, I mean, if you've ever worked with customers, you know, you have those few who like send you stuff that don't really make any sense. Um, and so, uh, we, 
we have team meetings internally there. Um, we also kind of have uh, Monday check-in sessions. So every Monday we have a check-in, see what's working, what, you know, what worked last week, what was awesome about last week, any shout outs, what, what did we see last week where we could improve? Did we see any customer requests that kind of are valuable for us to know as a business that we may not be able to, or that we may right now not be able to fulfill very well? You know, is that something we may want to think about? You know, the, you know, those kind of questions, uh, you know, also bottlenecks, um, anything going on that we need support with that's kind of all checked in on Monday so that, uh, that we can kind of move forward Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, and then finish week out strong. So awesome. Um, and final question here, Ivan J. And this is uh, kind of interesting because I used to ask this question at the start of my podcast episodes oh, when I was doing this podcast when I first me. started right. out. And so I'm now going to ask you at the end, which will be interesting to see how this is all played out in context. Ivan says, <laughs> I, I miss, I really miss this question from the podcast because I haven't asked this question for a long time. When you were a kid, Joe Howard, what did you want to be when you grew up? Man, I feel like a lot of people say this, but did I ever want to be an astronaut, man? I mean, <laughs> still, still to this day, I mean, if I had to choose one, th- I, I, when I went to school, I studied uh, mathematics, um, abstract mathematics uh, and education. So I mean, my, after I graduated from college, I was a, a math teacher, high school math teacher for a couple oh, of wow. years. But uh, I have always been super into mathematics, uh, physics, uh, astronomy, astrology. I mean, that stuff really, uh, I mean, you know, I I could talk about that all day as well. You know, if you want to have a WordPress in space kind of conversation, I'm all over it. Well, Um, I, I, I heard on the news that Donald Trump has just signed the, the, the order to send people back to the moon. Right. So maybe here's your chance, dude. Hey, there you go. So maybe that's like one thing he's done right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't dive into it'll that. Be, right it'll now, be but... WP Space Camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, don't buy that domain. That's mine, man. Don't buy, I'm awesome. buying it. Awesome. <laughs> it's all yours. It's all yours. You can have it. That's fantastic. Anybody listening, if it's available, you can't buy it. I've already bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, this has been epic. This has been much longer than our usual episodes, which is great. I feel like it's gone like in five minutes though. This has been so epic. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing uh, what you've been doing and your journey to bootstrapping your business and congratulations on the success of WP Buffs and I wish you all the best for the future and thank you for being such a great uh, active participant in the WP Elevation community too, man. It's been awesome to have you there. You got it, Troy. It's uh, always awesome catching up and uh, go elevate. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. I could have spent hours chatting with Joe about how his his growth hacking WP buffs. It was very, very informative and entertaining. Uh, Hey, if you like the podcast, please subscribe at wpelevation.com slash iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It does really help us come up in the search results and get this podcast in front of more WordPress consultants just like you. Of course, leave us a comment, um, all the resources and show notes, and there are tons of links for this particular episode. You'll find everything there at wpelevation.com slash Joe Howard. That's J-O-E-H-O-W-A-R-D. Uh, Also, if you don't use Apple devices, we've had a bit of feedback recently from people saying that they don't use Apple and they can't subscribe to the podcast. You can always find us over at Stitcher. 
I think it's stitcher.net or stitcher.com and just search for WP Elevation. In fact, if you just go to wpelevation.com slash stitcher, uh, you'll find us and you can subscribe on your favorite Android device. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we are. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate.